we've made it. U.S. Open, Tory Pines couldn't be more excited. U.S. Open, always one of my favorite tournaments. Love to see that it's getting back to its identity now. And, of course, great move here. Tory Pines going back 2008, Tiger Rocco. And uh, I remember exactly where I was at, at the kingdom, tailor-made kingdom up in Reynolds Plantation, watching this all transpire. And then we all got back together and watched the playoff on Monday. And, of course, Tiger hobbing around on one leg, got it done, and we're back. Great field. And uh, we got a guy on the grounds there. And I've been trying to uh, to hook up with this guy as he's uh, one of the top putting coaches in the game. And he has done some really good work with a guy by the name of Phil Mickelson, who you may have heard, won the PGA Championship. And he's trying to complete the career Grand Slam this week at the U.S. Open. Joining me is his putting coach, Derek Uita, thanks, uh, Derek, for joining me there from Torrey Pines, my man. Yeah, you got it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. What's it look like? You got to tell us the greens, speed, firmness, the rough. What are we? Uh, what are we up against this week? As as we watch from our living rooms. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the U.S. Open, man. It's just uh, it's going to be tough. It's just the roughest body uh, around the greens. I would say probably a little bit more than off the tee but you can get screwed off the tee too uh, you know what i mean mm-hmm. um i think they chose some different spots on specific holes where they would kind of cut the rough like number six is used to be a par five they're making it a par four um would have been an easy pretty easy you know par five but they moved the tees up maybe 30 yards and now it's a 500 yards, dog leg right, par four, but they they cut the rough on the right side so you can get a club on it. Mm. So it's not impossible. It's not impossible. The bunkers down the left, obviously, protect the left side, but um, the greens have gotten faster every day. Uh, I think this morning they stemmed at just over 13, and by the afternoon they were down to 12 and a half. Okay. So they're losing a little bit of speed in the afternoon, but they're starting to bounce. Like we had, Vander had a wedge in today on 18. Pin was front middle. He flew it five, he flew it maybe five feet past the hole and it bounced to the back middle and he had an impossible downhill putt mm. from call it 45 feet. So they're, they're starting to firm up, man. It's, it's, it'll be the U S open. Tell us about POA. Every time, we hear that word poa grass. It's like yeah. a wild card, right? I mean, it, yeah. some guys putt good with it or okay with it and others not so good. Right. And surfaces matter as far as what guys grow up with, but just give us a cliff notes of poa and, and what it's like putting on that kind of grass. Yeah. I mean, I grew up on poa being on the West coast and there's to be honest, when you get really good poa, it's a, it's an awesome surface to put on. Like it, it can be, you know, there's a golf course called the farms in Rancho Santa Fe and there are 13 and a half, no seed heads, firm, fast, and it's all day long. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't get, it doesn't get beat up. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, really good. Now, you know, Torrey Pines, public golf course, Tuesday afternoon, maybe they don't, maybe they don't double cut, maybe they don't roll. Yeah, it's gonna get bumpy. You know, it's 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 
it's going to get bumpy, but you get really good poa. Like this week's going to be, this week's going to be okay. Mm. They'll be able to cut it down. They'll be able to, you know, double cut it and double roll it or whatever they're going to do. And they'll, they'll be fine. You know, come Sunday when it gets a little crusty, you know, we'll see what kind of bounce these guys are getting, but you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's, if you do it right, I mean, pose a weed, right? Yeah. So if you do it right, uh, you know, it, it can be very, very good for mm. sure. Talk to me about Phil Mickelson. You guys have been together for 10 months and um, yep. you, you've really yep. helped him. You know, you can see it statistically. There's been a nice climb here uh, with his putting. And of course he goes in the PGA championship and you're not winning major championships unless you, you got the putter somewhat uh, intact. And as I look at him here, five of the last really six tournaments, he's been positive when it comes to strokes gained putting. One thing that I noticed Derek is that, at the PGA, Phil, putting conventional, left hand, you know, under the right, yeah. very conventional grip. We've seen Phil tinker, go to the claw for really there many years. He had that going, but now back to conventional. What was the what was the thought process behind that? Well, when he went claw, he didn't have as much forward shaft length. When he normally, when he goes conventional. Um, he leans the shaft too much and he starts hitting the ball into the ground. Now it's popping. And so we added, we actually added loft at the masters broke one of his putters, one of his gamers. We broke it because we were, we were trying to bend it to, you know, six and a half degrees. Um, so we, we've got, we've got a deep milled face to kind of lower the impact ratio, uh, get the ball speed down a little bit. Um, and we've added loft, and so now he can put his handle forward um, with his regular grip and not smash it into the ground and make it hop. Mm. So it, 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 the long story is still kind of long. Um, it was because of the launch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to see the same, obviously, approach here, uh, very conventional look when it comes to that. I'm curious, when you when you first started working with Phil, I mean Phil's a obviously he's a he's a deep thinker. Um, yeah. he's someone who's been around the block a couple times. Uh, you can say that again. <laughs> there's probably not much he hasn't seen or heard. Um, wh- what's it like going in there for the first time? And now that you've been together for a while, and you you look at you've gotten to know him, but Phil the student, give us a give us what you can there. Is he uh? Is he a good student? Does he does he kind of challenge you, or is he is he one that just kind of listens and then okay, let's let's make it go from there because it makes sense. Uh, Phil, as a student, is a sponge that's been dried out sitting on your kitchen sink. He's just so thirsty for knowledge, and what's really really interesting is he hadn't got a ton of putting instruction throughout his life. Mm. He never really used any technology. Now, it's not like I use it. I, I shouldn't say, I, I, do I use technology? Yes. Do I use a Sam Putt Lab? Yes. Do I use Capto? Yes. Do I use video cameras? Yes. I have a Quintic. So, yes. Do I, do I use force plates? Uh, you know, uh, yes. Um, but with Phil, he hadn't really seen, he didn't, he didn't know anything about the launch of his golf ball. When he first came to see me, he told me he was trying to chip the ball into the air 
to keep it straighter for a longer period of time. And when he said that, I looked at him and I was like, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> like, are you, are you kidding? You're trying to hit the ball in the air. He's like, yeah, it just makes sense to me that if I hit it in the air straight, that it would, that it would stay on its line longer. I'm like, well, wait a minute. What if it, what happens when it hits the ground, dude? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, now all of a sudden the ball's not rolling. If the ball's not on the ground, is it going to take the break? And he's like, well, well, I didn't really think of that. I'm like, dude, get the ball on the ground, man. Get the ball on the ground rolling pure as soon as you can. That's how you're going to be able to freaking putt better. So, um, yeah, <laughs> he's, you know, Phil has a lot of ideas. Phil has a lot of ideas. But if you show him something and then he can kind of spin it to his own kind of ideas, mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's a win-win. Yeah. You know, so. So as for, in terms of being a student, he's so far with me, he's been, he's been friggin' awesome. Yeah. Really, really good. Really, really, really fun to work with. It's interesting you say that. And because, oh, by the way, yeah, he's one of the nicest guys you ever met in your life. Yeah. Yeah. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sports book, but also America's top rated sports book. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new betters in nearly limitless ways to get in on all the actions. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. Place a pre-tournament wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if Bryson DeChambeau sinks a birdie this week. That's 100 to 1 odds on Bryson hitting a birdie during the tournament. 100 to one's odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all the actions. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. So you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code Travis when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if Bryson sinks a birdie this weekend. That's code Travis to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbooks. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. What was the first thing you said to you after you won the PGA? You know, I gave him a couple days. Um, I had to leave. Zan- I, I flew back with Xander on Saturday because we MC hammered. Um, I asked Phil if he wanted me to stay. He said he was fine. So I took off. I can't, I don't, Xander flies private. So it's, I, I don't mind, I don't mind flying um, on G4s and G5s or whatever <laughs> the, these freaking planes are. So I went home. Um, I gave him a couple days because I knew his phone was going crazy, but he was just like, we did it. Awesome. Let's go win the U.S. Open. Yeah. That's basically, that's basically, you know, the work we've been putting in prior to this week has been something that I, I've actually never done it before. Um, because you can't go to a regular PGA Tour event the week before and go practice because you're not allowed to show up until Sunday the week prior. Mm-hmm. Well, we were there last Monday. Not this Monday, last Monday. 
so I mean, we spent six hours on the first six holes on Monday, six hours on the next six holes on Tuesday, and five hours on the last six holes on Wednesday. Take us charting the greens, hitting putts, looking at breaks, yeah, looking at possible hole locations. Um, you know, just, just trying to figure out because it's funny. He said, uh, you know, since Reese Jones redid the golf course and the greens never putted well here. Like I get fooled a lot. So hopefully, hopefully that doesn't happen this week. Yeah. And of course he won three times there before they, yeah. they did it. And you know, it was a young, a young man there that grew up there. So he's been on the grounds many times, but it is a different golf course now for sure. Certainly different golf course. Yeah. Yeah. From the farmers, we know the U S open is going to be different, but take us inside there when you guys are prepping, um, you know, I know there's a lot of things going on, but as you're charting the greens and you're figuring out where the pins are going to be, a lot of it is wh- how do we, where are we going to approach this from? Where do we want the ball to be yeah. to have yeah. the best look at the hole? And now correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm listening to Phil talk, right? In these press conferences, which is must watch TV. I mean, he is the king when it comes to press conferences because it's very thoughtful. I think he articulates extremely well. And I think people can understand it. And, and I and I listen to Phil now, and I feel like he's gotten a bit more conservative. Like, he's gotten a bit more conservative in the way that he played the PGA. And then I'm listening to him talk in the way that he's going to attack these greens. He's like, yeah, I'm going to hit it over here and be okay with a 35-foot putt into the hole. Yep. Is that accurate? Yep. Like, is Phil at the age of 51 today, by the way, right? It's his birthday. <laughs> Is getting yeah. more conservative? Is that an accurate statement? So, obviously we know he's never been the greatest driver of the golf ball. Um, I mean, statistically, he's just not the greatest driver of the golf ball. Uh, now, however, he has a two-wood. Mm-hmm. And this two-wood, he can fly 300 yards. And he can hit any shot he wants. I've, I've, I've been watching it for the last about three months or so. And he, he can draw it. He can fade it. He can hit it high. He can sting it low and he can hit fairways. So the conversation was what club am I going to take out of my bed? Or what, what is the 14th club going to be? Is it going to be a one iron? Is it going to be my 64 degree wedge? Because I'm going to hit driver on this hole. I'm going to hit two it here, 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 driver here. So he, he, he definitely has a game plan. And he stuck to his game plan at the PGA. Um, and he hit that two wood in play. Yeah. You know, when he's a very good iron player, by the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, he stuffed it with his irons. I mean, he, he, he's a really, really good iron player. And he's not afraid of chopping out and hitting an iron from however far. I don't care if it's an eight iron. I don't care if it's a lob wedge. He's going to hit it close. So if he hits it in the rough and he has to chop it out, I mean, we had a money game on Saturday with um, Charlie and Xander against um, Phil and Brendan Steele. And he hit it in the worst lie in the left-hand rough on seven kind of chopped it out. I think it was still kind of 
in or near the bunker. I mean, he might have moved it 45 feet and got it up and down. And that's just, that's freaking Phil. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's, he's just, he, he's so creative. Now, when you say more conservative, I would say yes to a certain degree. I mean, he's definitely picking his spots. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I would, I would almost have to agree with yeah. the the description of, of a little more conservative. Yeah. yeah, I think the key word's a little, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, you can hear it though, like when he's talking, it, it it's different. I mean, it's. I don't think the I don't think the foot's on the pedal all the time now. You know, I think he does realize, look, I gotta yeah, I, I gotta get this in play here, you know, and then maybe just kind of go over here and two putt and go to the next one. And um a, a huge value on fairways. He really he really that's this two wood, I'm yeah. telling you. I mean, he hits his two wood past other people's drivers. Yeah. He's he is long. Yeah, like no. he's because yeah. Sanders long. Xander's long yeah, and he keeps it up with Xander and hits it by Xander as me- as much as Xander hits it by him. Wow. Let me ask you this last question on Phil. And then I want to ask you one on, on Xander and I'll let you go. Cause I know you're a busy man. You got a lot of guys in the field. You've got Phil, you've got Xander, you've got Charlie, you've got Max, you've got who else? Emiliano uh, Grillo did yeah. not qualify. Okay. Um, Grillo's not there. Yep. My bad. He's been awesome. Yeah. Uh, I just started working with Doug Gim, let's call it a month and a half ago, and he was in Vegas, and I actually have an assistant named Chris Cho who works in Vegas and is doing most of the work with Doug. Um, and we talk about Doug every night. So, And Doug is, I mean, what a, you're not going to find a nicer guy on tour than Doug Gim. Um, and talented. I mean, extremely oozing with talent. So uh, that this is going to be a fun ride for for Doug. Um, but yeah, four guys in the field this week, and three of them are playing together. This is great. Thursday, Friday, <laughs> Thursday, Friday. I get a, I get a walk, and then you know Charlie is he's a wily old veteran. I mean, I asked him today, hey, you know, what time do I need to be there for your putting warm up? He he looked at me and laughed. He's like, dude, kick rocks. I got it. I'm good. Nice. We haven't figured it out by now. We're not going to figure it out. Yeah, and Charlie's another guy that's has shown great improvement through the bag. You and Mark Blackburn, and um, oh, it's been fun to watch Blackie Charlie's has progression. Him so much. Let me ask you a question. I get this a lot in putting, okay? And this will mm-hmm. be great for the podcast. Is I watch Phil putt. I've looked at some of the videos you posted. This is just a question in general, but just Phil as an example. His backstroke, okay. right? It's yep. longer than the forward stroke. Let's call yep. it a two to one ratio. Not ideal, but or not not exactly that, but longer in nature going back than it is coming through. Yep. Is that like if you're gonna if you're gonna teach someone putting, is that where you you're gonna go two to one, or is it closer to one to one, or is it one to two? Do you like that longer, a little more brisk and pace going back? To that little shorter, maybe perhaps abbreviated finish. Love it. Yeah. Love it. And here's the reason why. So over the years, putting instructors have told their students that you have to accelerate the putter through the stroke. Mm-hmm. And what we know now with the technology that we have is that is incorrect. 
that you want to have this putter cruise through the ball to be able to control ball speed, uh, facing, whatever, whatever, whatever is ailing you is easier to control if the putter isn't accelerating too fast. Now the putter can still accelerate, but Phil came in and he was at like five miles an hour acceleration. And what we're looking for is somewhere between one and a half to let's say minus 0.5 miles an hour. Okay. Those are Paul, that, those are Paul Hurrian's kind of quintic numbers that he's gotten through robot testing and stuff that's way above my pay grade. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so what, what, what I was seeing with Phil, um, and if you look at Xander, Xander's the same way, mm-hmm. backswings uh, longer than the fall-through. Charlie's opposite. Charlie's backswings shorter than the fall-through, but Charlie accelerates a little bit too much, and he knows it, and he's working on it. So, I mean, it, it's we've addressed it. This is a long-term fix. This isn't some kind of short-term deal. And so he knows it, and he knows that sometimes when he gets a little nervous, the stroke gets a little shorter going back and it gets a little accelerated going through. And then, you know, so there's some things there, but yeah. So uh, we have the same thing with a putter as we do with a driver and we call it impact ratio or smash factor. And so you want a really high smash factor. Well, you want a consistently high smash factor with a driver, but a putter is a very finesse shot. It's not a power shot. So we don't necessarily want a super, super high smash factor with a, with a putter. It's hard to control the ball speed. And your smash factor goes up or your impact ratio goes up when you accelerate too much. So the ball needs, the, or the putter needs to be able to lose some of its speed at collision. And if it's accelerating too much, it won't. Mm. So like, I don't want you you know, hey, I'm in my car and I'm driving 30 miles an hour and oh shit, there's a wall in front of me. I don't want you to hit the gas before you hit that wall. I don't, that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> I want you to just cruise. <laughs> I just want you to kind of cruise into the wall. And if you hit the brake slightly, because all those scenarios yeah. at 30 miles an hour, at 30 miles an hour, accelerating, 30 miles an hour cruising and 30 miles an hour slowing down will all do different things to that car, mm-hmm. even though they're all 30 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right. If I'm already, if I'm 30 miles an hour, but I've already begun to hit the brakes, there's going to be less damage to my car than I'm at 30 miles an hour and I'm slamming on the gas. Yeah. Rapsodo Mobile Launch Monitor. Improve your golf swing today. Pro level launch data. In the palm of your hand, it is very accurate within 2% of a $20,000 unit. The Rapsodo MLM app automatically tracks stats and stores video with Shot Tracer, helpful for club gapping and understanding true distances for each club. Rapsodo MLM provides immediate feedback, data, and creates a better practice environment, not mindlessly hitting balls. Extremely portable. Cases about the size of a rangefinder, and you know what? You can use it both indoors and outdoors. I love this launch monitor. It's the Rapsodo Mobile Launch Monitor. 
Check it out at rapsodo.com, R-A-P-S-O-D-O.com, rapsodo.com. Yeah, that's well-defined. I mean, that's, and that's an eye-opener, as you know, Derek, for yeah. a lot of people. I, I would imagine it's an eye-opener for some tour players, too, when they, when they go through that, um, because that's not the way it always was, right, and described and, and taught, and it's, it's cool now to, uh, to see that. I know it's helped my own putting just being more committed to that. Let's go to Xander here real quick, because Xander sure. uh, is one of the favorites, and deservedly so, and he's, he's made for U.S. Opens, right, because he's got no weaknesses. He's just so solid yeah. through the bag, yeah. and, you know, he's, he's close, and, and, um, and perhaps this is the week for him. He seems to be on a nice little trend here um, the last maybe three weeks with the putter, um, maybe a little dip there, like February, March, obviously yep. the Masters was good, but now maybe things are starting to come out on the other side. Look at Xander, another grip change, right? He goes to the, to the arm lock. What was the, yep. um, what was the thought process behind that? Do you want the PC version or do you want the, I'm just going to give it to you straight. Uh, give it to me straight. It's cheating. All right. Cheating. It's legal cheating. Through robot testing, through some of the stuff that we've done in my garage, it is more stable than the belly putter ever was okay. or the broomstick. It's, it's the lie angle doesn't change. You return the loft to the same degree. The face angle doesn't, it's, it's easier to hit it in the center of the club face. Yeah. Is the putter a little heavier? Yes. Um, that's not necessarily the best thing because again, like I said, impact rate, you know, your smash factor goes up. If you've got a heavier instrument, you can, you know, it's more force applied. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cheating, man. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you know, and to see some of these guys using it, I mean, there's some guys that are out there using it that will go nameless. Um, that might not be on the PGA tour if they weren't allowed to use this brace tool. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and look, Xander is arguably the best putter in the world. Arguably. Um, there, there are obviously, you know, you can go by statistics. Oh, he's ninth in strokes game putting, you know, whatever. Um, so for him to make a change, yeah. Listen, when, when he first brought it into the garage, I was like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I just want to check it out, man. I'm like, dude, what are you doing, dude? Like, it ain't broken. What are we trying to fix that's not broken? Okay? What are we doing here? Dude, I just want I just want to check it out, bro. I just want to check it out. I'm like, okay, we can check it out. But listen, let, if it is not exponentially, exponentially better, we are not changing. Are we in agreement? <laughs> And he goes, yeah, yeah. He was like, dude, I, I'm probably not going to use it. I just want to see. And so we started hitting putt. And one of the things I'll let you, I'll let you in the circle for just a little bit. Um, one of the problems that Xander has with his putting is when he hits a lag putt, he leans the shaft more. He'll go from one degree leaning, uh, minus one degree forward shaft lean, leaning it forward. Uh, on let's call it a mid-range putt. Let's let's call it 15 feet. When he gets outside, let's and let's say that ball speed is around five miles an hour, maybe five and a half miles an hour. 
And he all of a sudden goes to seven, eight miles an hour. He's hitting a 40 footer, you know, 45, 50 footer. He starts leaning the shaft three and a half degrees forward. And now the ball is being struck into the ground and now it's hopping. And now it's got overspin right away and it hits the ground and it's spinning even more. And so we went to the arm lock and he went up to 15 miles an hour ball speed. Now, for those of you that are listening, 15 mile an hour ball speed, you're going to hit that putt 75 feet, maybe more. On greens, depending, you know, depending on how fast they are, if you're uphill, downhill, whatever. Stimp, whatever. His shaft lean changed less than 0.5 degrees. Mm. His ball launch and forward spin was the same every time. Yeah. So if you're going to tell me I can control my speed, he's already a really good light fire. And from inside 10 feet, I don't, I think he's number one from four to eight, or he's really close. Number one, two or three from four to eight feet, from five to 10 feet. Um, so you're going to tell me that he's going to putt even better from farther away. And even though he didn't putt great, he was like plus one strokes gained at the Memorial. He called me every night and he's like, dude, they all look like they're going in. The speed is just different because these are all brand new greens. He was expecting the greens to be way faster, and they weren't. So he was kind of putting off history. Mm-hmm. And I told him to stop doing that. What the hell are you doing, dude? Stop doing that. <laughs> okay, bro. <laughs> it's easier said than done. <laughs> but, it's, but, but, you know, that was the first thing I saw. And then we started looking at face angles. And there wasn't a change. And he's really good at aiming. And then we started looking at lie angle, and normally his handle goes down a little bit. The lie angle didn't change. It's cheating. Mm. It's great. Yeah. And like I said, for an, I mean, we were, I was with John Rahm uh, before Memorial on the putting green at the Grand Del Mar because he comes and hangs out with my head professional, Sean Cox. And uh, obviously, Dave Phillips is his coach up at TPI. And so Dave was there and we were all putting on the putting green and, and, and John walked over and he goes, you mean to tell me the best putter in the world is going to an arm lock? And he goes, yep. Can you beat this out? Like cuss words. Yeah, go ahead. He goes, he goes, you fucking cheater. <laughs> and we all just started laughing, <laughs> you know, cause we, you know, at the end of the day, if it gets banned, we'll just go back to our regular putter and putt great. Right. It's not it's not that big of a deal for us. And oh by the way, it didn't really change him. He's got kind of the same grip with his, you know, kind of octopusy fingers and and left hand low, you know, a little bit of forward shaft lean. Like it didn't really change him that much. So it wasn't that big of a jump, but it's 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 better. Well, let me ask you this. Better. So a guy like Doug Kim, who Yep. It's clearly his weakness right before he came to you and it's holding him back pga tour the guy is one of the best approach game players out there um top 10 10. he's not that bad off the tee either and he's not that bad around the greens but his putter correct it holds him back is that are you looking at doug gim and saying hey let's let's go to the arm lock 
Uh, we could, we could, but his stroke is actually really, really good. Hmm. I've got him on all my machines and he, his stroke is pure. His ball data is really, really good. It's not his stroke. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting how, you know, and we'll do this again and cause I could ask you a thousand more questions and, and then when we're done, you'd have to go and back to Torrey Pines and you wouldn't have dinner or breakfast cause we'd still be talking. So yeah. we can, we can do it another time, but it's, it's really fascinating. You know, we spent a lot of time with, there's a lot of different swings in the hall of fame and you know, there's sure. a lot of ways to do it that, but it's like, there's a lot of ways to go about it with the putter too. I mean, Oh, 100%. I mean, there's a deep dive here with with putting, and I, I, I'm, I'm really interested in you know just kind of telling more of those stories, and because I think this this podcast has been terrific, and the insight not only to the player, but then kind of scaling back and saying, yeah, this is something that anybody can do. Any listener sitting here can change the ratio of their putter as far as backstroke to forward stroke and get the putter head cruising through impact. You know, that's Sure. That's something we can all do and, and change their setup or go to the arm lock. And, you know, so that's, that's, what's really fascinating about all this. So we'll, we'll do it again, Derek, but I, um, I've been a fan, man. I, I can't thank you enough for the time here. And, um, you know, it's cool to see Phil playing well. Xander's no question. One of my favorites, you know, out there, he's just a great guy. And, and, and everybody I would think in the United States is like, let's get Xander a uh, major championship, you know, like <laughs> let's, let's get him one because he's that good of a player. And, and I had Blackbird on and we were talking about this, this growth. I mean, I've been seeing it with Charlie just through his bag, like how much better he's getting with every club. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him compete. And um, in the gambling world, which I kind of live in as well, you know, I do these shows for DraftKings and whatnot and all these Everybody loves Doug Gim because they know the upside is if he just turns it around with his putter, the dude's going to be incredible. You know, he's going to be incredible. He's going to be incredible because his ball striking is so good. So it's like when that dude turns it around with a putter, it's like, we want to be on the upside of that, you know? (laughs) Oh, for sure. There's no question. And, and, and I'm telling you, he's, he's, it's a process, as you know, it's a process. But he is such a hard worker, and he's getting it pretty quick. And don't be surprised uh, next week if he doesn't putt much, much better. Mm. Um, he's he's definitely he's definitely starting to get it. But you know, listen, things shift back and forth, right? Yeah. Like you, that's why we try and stay calibrated. And it's tough. It's tough. You have to stay on top of it, um, and 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 he will trust me. In a year, you and I will have this conversation again, and Doug will be a top twenty-five player in the world. I mean, look at Emiliano Grillo. Yep. When I got when I got him in in twenty nineteen, he was second to last in strokes gained putting, and I told him, I said, "Dude, if we can just get you to zero stroke gain, not and now he's positive." Mm-hmm. If we can just get you to zero, you will contend in tournaments. And and he's been in the last group four or five times this season. Yeah. Three or four three or four times. And he's made what? 
a million nine. Yeah. And he, ha- and he hasn't won yet. And I'm telling you, he's going to win. He's going to win. Yeah, he, um, looked, he looked very comfortable at the Heritage, I thought, where, you know, Stuart Sink won. They were in the final group. And yeah. Um, yeah, I like well, Miano. He, he, he follows me on Instagram. I posted this picture of him and Sink at Impact. And, you know, Grio's like posted up and rotating back into the left heel. Yeah. And Sink's yeah. pelvis is in, early extended, high handle, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, y'all see any difference between these two impacts? And Grio chimes in, <laughs> I got more hair. <laughs> It was classic. Oh my! Like, oh, it was funny. That's so yeah. Emmy. That is so Emmy. It, it, hey, it, I would, I, I would be a little remiss if I, if you let me go without mentioning my mentor. Um, and I know a lot of the guys. If there's a lot of um, golf instructors out there um, that are listening, but there's probably a lot of guys that have heard of him. But there's probably a lot of guys out there, younger guys that haven't heard of him, and his name is Carl Welty. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's very, he was very close friends with Jim McLean. And so Carl passed away a couple of years ago in February. And, um, you know, the success that my players have and the success that I have and the success that Chris Cho in Las Vegas is going to have has a lot to do with my mentor, Carl. And, uh, you know, I, I miss him to death every day. I wish he was still around. I wish he could have seen Phil win this major championship. I wish he could see what Danner was doing. Um, you know, I I, I, uh, I always try and mention Carl's name because without him, I, I, I you know, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I surely wouldn't be where I am. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. He was a Northwest guy. Um, yeah. And yep. uh, that's where I grew up. His so I grew up is- in the Pacific Northwest. I know Carl. Um, I actually played against uh, uh, Craig Welty. Um, Craig. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Craig played for, um, uh, guy, he played for Western Washington yep. and, and he played cross-handed and, cross-handed, yeah. and we were the same age and I played for Lewis and Clark and we played together all the time. And, and Craig was a great guy and he just bombed it and I could watch Craig play cross-handed. I could watch him do everything except hit a bunker shot. It just freaked me out. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> When he'd get into the bunker cross-handed, I would have to turn her away because I couldn't, it just, it just didn't even look right. You know, yeah, like, how are you going to hit that with your left hand lower than your right out of the bunker? And he'd just spin it up there and like, God. Well, yeah. so, so here you go, right? So here you go. Here's Carl Welty, one of the greatest golf instructors ever to walk the face of the planet. Yeah. Never really wanted the limelight or anything like that. Um, Craig gripped the golf club when he was a small child, left hand low. Yeah. Carl never changed it. Yeah. Yeah. Craig, I played a lot of golf with Craig. Yeah. It's a uh, man. It's a small world. I know Carl was, I, yeah. I never, I, I didn't know Carl. Um, I obviously I knew who he was and I knew he was a uh, very top shelf teacher and in, in the whole bit. And so, uh, yeah, that was very well said and uh, man, you're killing it out there. I know he'd be proud and um, this has been great. We'll do it again best of luck to uh to all your guys out there man hey i appreciate it we really do thank you so much okay bud derek ueda thanks uh, so much stripe show podcast enjoy the u.s open everybody i just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at encore golf encore provides some of the most cutting edge technology in a golf ball that i have ever seen 
Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter-weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show.